praising God this morning. Say hallelujah. Praise God. I didn't even have to ask twice. All right. Good job, guys. Hallelujah. Isn't it great to have a God that, that allows us to gather openly and willingly like this just to praise his name and, and do so on wet ground out here in Central Texas? Hallelujah. Let's go to him right now and let's thank him for this opportunity and just praise his name for being here today. Father God, I do come before you. You are an amazing God. Father, you are undescribable, uncomprehendable. But yet you allowed yourself to come down amongst us and and pay a price for us that we could come to you, Lord, not of our own worthiness, but if we know you as our Lord and Savior through your grace, through your blood, through your righteousness, we can come today with true joy in our hearts. I know many may have problems in their lives, Lord God. I know we are there's illnesses, there's financial things, there's there's all kinds of things that can be transpiring in our lives, yet we can still have the joy of knowing that this too shall pass, that one day that sun's going to shine again, that one day that, that the night shall pass and the morn shall come and you will be there and we'll stand in your presence, Lord Jesus. So God, I thank you that we are here today. May you pour out your blessings upon this service. May we enjoy your fellowship with us today. But God may also, too, each one of us leave here just a little more quickened on how to become what you've called us to be. Help us to see your purpose in our lives uniquely, Lord. And may we leave here today not saying we've been to church as much as saying that we've spent time with the one who loves us the most, the one who will change us and direct us if we so allow it. God, may your will be done in the hearts of your people. And God, if there is someone here today that has not bowed a knee, there's someone here today that's never accepted you as Lord, may they do so this day. Speak to them, whether through a song, whether through the people, However it may be, may your name be glorified by them accepting you before it's too late. May your will be done, Father. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, it is good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you. Walk around a second. Shake somebody's hand. Give them a hug. Just tell them it's good to see them in God's house and they didn't have to bring the boat this morning. Come bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night, who stand by night, in the house of the Lord, in the house of the Lord, lift up your hands, lift up your hands, in the holy place, in the holy place, and bless the Lord, and bless the Lord, and bless the Lord. Come bless the Lord. Come bless the Lord. All you servants of the Lord. All the servants of the Lord. Who stand by night. Who stand by night. In the house of the Lord. In the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. In the holy place. In the holy place. And bless the Lord. And bless the Lord. And bless the Lord. Come bless the Lord. Come bless the Lord. All you servants of the Lord. All you servants of the Lord. Who stand by night. Who stand by night. In the house of the Lord. In the house of the Lord. Lift up your hand. Lift up your hand. In the holy place. In the holy place. And bless the Lord. And bless the Lord. And bless the Lord. And bless the Lord. Come bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. All you servants of the Lord. To the Lord. Who stand by night? Who stand by night? In the house of the Lord. In the house of the Lord. Lift up your hand. Lift up your hand. In the holy place. In the holy place. And bless the Lord. And bless the Lord. And bless the Lord. 
Come bless the Lord. Come bless the Lord. All you servants of the Lord. Those who stand by night. Who stand by night. In the house of the Lord. In the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. In the holy place. In the holy place. And bless the Lord. And bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Come bless the Lord. Come bless the Lord. All you servants of the Lord. All you servants of the Lord. Who stand by night. Who stand by night. In the house of the Lord. In the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. In the holy place. In the holy place. And bless the Lord. And bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Come bless the Lord. Come bless the Lord. Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Who stand by night? Stand by night. In the house of the Lord. In the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. In the holy place. In the holy place. Bless the Lord. And bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Come bless the Lord. All your servants of the Lord. Who stand by night? Who stand by night? In the house of the Lord. In the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands in the holy place. In the holy place, and bless the Lord. And bless the Lord. And bless the Lord. This morning, guys. Hallelujah. All right, we got just a few announcements this morning. That looks weird today for some reason. Uh, just a few announcements this morning to touch on. Uh, Praise the Lord, those that did not, was not able to come to the lake last week, I'm glad you were, hopefully were able to be here. They said the numbers were rather light here, but we had 37 at the, at the lake, not counting the little guys. So uh, we had a good turnout there, and God was moving. We had a great service and a fish fry. But Mitch, I, I went to a pastor's conference with Mitch this week, who was the preacher here Sunday, and he said, you guys, uh, he felt the spirit here as well so praise god isn't it great we serve a lord that can be at the lake and be here all at the same time amen praise god so we had a good time it's good to be back uh, like i said just a few announcements to to touch on this morning one of which is the swimming party we know we do the back to school swimming bash but everyone is invited it's not just the teenagers the entire church and this is an outreach to bring friends too. Uh, let them see that it's okay to be a christian and have fun so Thursday night, we'll gather here at the church as normal. We'll have dinner here at the church. We're at the pool. We have the pool at 8 o'clock, so we'll probably leave here about 740. We'll take the bus and vehicles uh, as needed, and we'll head over to the Floresville pool, and we have the pool from 8 o'clock till 10 o'clock Thursday evening. Everyone's invited, as I said. If you have some friends that you want to invite, please do so. If you want to meet us there, just, just uh, let us know you're going to be there with your friends so we can say, oh, yeah, they're with us type thing. And, it, and it's just going to be a, a couple hours of, of having a good time there at the pool. Again, we are going to have dinner here prior to that, so come to dinner right out there with us, and we'll just have a great time of fellowship getting ready for school to start. And that's the next announcement I wrote down here, is whether it's uh, elementary school or whether it is um, college. It, 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 school is kicking back up here very shortly, so I would encourage you, we always say pray for the children, pray for the kids, and that we should. But also we need to pray for godly teachers to be in these classrooms as well and teachers who are willing to let God shine through them. Uh, granted, their, their curriculum oftentimes mandates as to how and what they will say and do, but that doesn't change the personification of Christ in them through their teachings. So let's pray that they're allowed and able to show Christ into these classrooms, that these children can walk away with a truly uh, scientific, if you will, or a, when I say scientific, science points to truth, truth is Jesus Christ, that they can walk away understanding 
who Jesus is, but do so. Walk away with their studies, but know that Christ is still on the throne. Amen? That's a hard thing for a teacher to do, and that's why we need to be praying for them as we go along. Uh, I want to encourage you to lift them up. All right. I think that's enough announcements from me, uh, but Miss Carla has one she'd like to come up and share. that come through. Okay, we can do that. What do we do for them? Oh, we offer them food and drink. Okay, we can do that. (laughs) We can offer them food and drink and rest. We can sure do that. Um, Is there anything else we need to know? someone could pick up a permission form and fill it out I was supposed to have had them in on the 10th and I didn't so as soon as we can get these permission forms filled out that would be great um, what about anything else any, any last minute things we need to know So the bikers themselves had asked for the pirates to come back. I think we can do that. So our theme is pirates. It's September 10th at 8 o'clock in the morning here. Be ready to host the Hammerfest. Thank you, crackers. That was fun. Remember to sign your forms. And any last-minute words? Okay, we, we won't make Stormy carry bananas anymore. <laughs> that was cute. That was cute. That, that's all the announcements get. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm still stuck on the parrot. I almost forgot about you. It's supposed to be, but it's not there yet. So we'll... Hopefully it's working. Lord, I just lift up my brother to you and just ask God as he comes to open your word and bring us your message through him today. 
through this scripture reading. May you just bless him and his family. Thank you for their willingness to come and share. And God, may we hear you through him. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, brother. Yep, absolutely. I want to know more about the popcorn. Are we going to have popcorn today? Because that's a dirty, rotten trick if we don't get popcorn. Ha! Well, look how many people and how small it is. So um, Yeah, it could make it. I don't know what they'd eat, but, you know, I have popcorn. Praise God. You know, we don't plan it this, is a but uh, if, if you were praying along with Brother Frank, his last prayer there before he prayed with me, um, he covered this scripture reading Hoorah. in the prayer. He had the same prayer as Habakkuk Amen. had there. Um, you know, we do have things come up, uh, illnesses, financial situations, all kinds of things come up, attacks from the enemy. Um but our God is over all of that. And Habakkuk kind of realized that. You know, we were getting dry there. Honestly, for this time of the year in South Texas, we were not that dry. We right. weren't right. that bad. It was hot, but it wasn't all that dry. But it was pretty dry. But look at it now. Man, this is mid-August in South Texas, and we've got all this rain on the ground. And I don't believe yesterday it didn't get very hot you know 80s maybe it's only supposed but, to be 84 today oh awesome perfect god is good god is powerful he can do these things you know he he can bless us uh habakkuk they were being the, the nation was being invaded by one person after another and habakkuk was beginning to lose hope a little bit well no he wasn't uh the nation was losing hope but habakkuk had it down here. Uh, he said, he, he's talking about God's might here. He says, you march across the earth with indignation. You trample down the nations in wrath. You come out to save your people. You saved your, uh, you save your anointed. You crush the leader uh, of the house of the wicked and strip him foot to neck. You pierce his head with his own spears Ever seen God use somebody's tools against him? Yeah. His warriors storm out to scatter as gloating, as if ready to secretly devour the weak. You tread the sea with your horses, stirring up the great waters. I heard, and I trembled within. My lips quivered at the sound. Rottenness entered my bones. I trembled where I stood. Now I must quietly wait. For the day of distress to come against the people invading us. God wins in the end. You know, we have the book. It, it, it has in the end of it. God wins. I'm going to read that verse again. Um, now I must quietly wait for the day of distress to come against the people invading us. Or the situation invading us. The circumstances invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there is no fruit on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will, trump, <laughs> I will triumph in Yahweh. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. Yahweh, my Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like those of a deer. He enables me to walk on 
mountain heights. Hallelujah. God wins in the end. And God and when we're with God, we win too. Hallelujah. So just whatever you're going through, whatever circumstance comes up, uh, whatever you're struggling with, know that God has all the power and all the strength and his will is perfect. His timing might not always be exactly what we want or what we think we want, but uh, it is perfect. And he has us in his heart and in his perfect will. So just stay with God. Lean on God in whatever you're going through. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for being the the awesome almighty God that you are. For having all the power and for caring so much about your people, Lord. Uh, I pray, Lord, that today that you will speak through Brother Frank. Uh, you'll speak any. You'll speak through this popcorn machine if you need to, God. That um, that your will will be done, and that your message will be carried to us, Lord. What you would have us to hear. Thank you for the fellowship, Lord. Thank you for all the people that are here. Thank you for the new life that's here with us, Lord. All the all the kids, all the babies, Lord. We just praise you for that, God. And thank you for the love that you so richly pour out on us, God. Uh, bless us with your word, Lord. Bless us with your spirit that, uh, that everything we say, everything we do would glorify you today, God. Everything that we sing, Lord. And uh, I just pray that you forgive us when we do fall short of your perfect will. I pray these things in the holy, precious, sweet, sweet name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Stay away from the popcorn. Let uh, the popcorn starting to smell really good. I don't know how I'm going to sing standing up here right next to it. He's lying. There's no popcorn in it. It's just essence of popcorn. Popcorn extract. Anyway, let's sing this morning. We're going to sing uh, One Thing Remains. Stronger than the power of the grave Constant in the trial and the change There's one thing remains One thing remains Your love never fails and never gives up never runs out on me your love never fails and never gives up never runs out on me your love never fails and never gives up never runs out on me your love because on and on on and on it goes yes it all 
never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, never runs out on me. Your
you will above all else my purpose remains the art of losing myself in bringing you praise everlasting your light will shine when all else fades never ending your glory goes beyond all things my heart and my soul i give you control consume me from the inside out lord let justice and praise become my embrace to love you from the inside out everlasting your light will shine when all else fades never ending your glory goes beyond all pain and the cry of my heart is to bring you praise from the inside out Lord my soul cries out everlasting your light will shine when all else fades, never ending. Your glory goes beyond all fame, and the cry of my heart is to bring you praise from the inside out, Lord, my soul. Cries out from the inside out, Lord, my soul. I give you control Consume me from the inside out, Lord Let justice and praise Become my embrace To love you from the inside out Everlasting Your light will shine when all else fades Never ending, your glory comes beyond all pain. And the cry of my heart is to bring you praise from the end. Sighing out, Lord, my soul cries out from the end. Sighing out, Lord, my soul cries out. Amen. You can be seated this morning. We're going to be looking at Ezekiel 3 in just a little bit if you want to be turning there. Chris, we grab them lights. Do you see that strange fire? A bush that burns? Oh, it is on fire, but the bush does not burn. Sephiroth, take him. Serve him food in our tent. I will turn aside and see this great sight. 
them here. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Lord, Lord, why do you not hear the cries of their children in the bondage of Egypt? I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. And I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Therefore I will send thee, Moses, unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring my people out of Egypt. Who am I, Lord, that you should send me? How can I lead this people out of bondage what words can I speak that they will heed? I will teach thee what thou wilt say. When thou hast brought forth the people, they shall serve me upon this mountain. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. Now therefore go. I will be with thee. But if I say to your children that the God of their fathers has sent me, they will ask what is his name, and how shall I answer them? I am that I am. Thou shalt say, I am hath sent me on. Is the holy mountain forbidden to men? Yes, and I am afraid for him. Then he is more than man. For look. Look at his face. He has seen God. Moses, your hair, your sandals. I stood upon holy ground. Can you tell us, Moses? My eyes could not look upon him. Did he speak? He revealed his word to my mind. And the word was God. Did he speak as a man? He is not flesh, but spirit the light of eternal mind. And I know that his light is in every man. Did he ask something of you? That I go to Egypt. You are God's messenger. 
He has set the day of deliverance. I will get water and bread that we may leave at once. But Egypt holds death for you. If it be his will. Where he sends you, I shall go. Your God is my God. I will lead men against the armory at Migdal and get swords for the people. It is not by the sword that he will deliver his people, but by the staff of a shepherd. Now that you've seen the movie, we'll let the popcorn get made. Did you already put it in? I didn't see you come make it. You already put it in? I was watching the movie. <laughs> I thought I heard it. All right. Yay, popcorn. Don't you wish y'all could have some? You know, I, I wanted to show that movie, that clip from that movie, and so I was very happy yesterday. When I looked at YouTube and saw that they had exactly what I wanted out of the movie, just clipped pretty much precisely where I wanted to. But the reason of watching that is to point something out. I have to say straight up, I want that. I want those those burning bush experiences. I'm not Charlton Heston, I understand that. But I do actively seek those burning bush moments. I, I'm afraid that we tend to... Uh, forget that they are still out there. We, we allow our, our fire. I think sometimes we are on fire with a fire that does not consume, but then after time, whether it be life, whether it be finances, kind of things like Brian pointed out, we'll go. Whatever it may be, we allow that fire to put to go out to where we become just a, a, a smoldering twig, maybe a warm twig, but we should be a raging fire that does not consume. Why do we do that? I would point out this morning... That we do not have to be like Charlton Heston. We don't have to be Charlton Heston. But we are, in many ways, like Moses. Moses was just a plain guy out in the desert. Now, I understand he had a very unique upbringing. But at this point in his life, he had become a shepherd. He was a shepherd out amongst the desert on the far side of Egypt. But he was out there, and he was just doing what he thought he was supposed to do. And yet God called out to him. In life today, I would say and submit to you that spiritually, we become warm. Spiritually, we allow ourselves to just go out and into the desert. When we are, have, have all these issues that have transpired in our lives, and, and for whatever the reason may be, some people call it burnout. Some people call it just losing faith. Some people get cynical about around Christians and church people because there does tend to be the, the judgmental things and the things said here and there. And we become cynical and we lose that fire and we become just a smoldering pile of ashes that's not what god's called us to be that's when we're in the desert just like moses was in that desert now we're not going to obviously read all of exodus this morning but let's go over a tad bit of it in exodus chapter 3 starting in verse 1 i want us to look at the story we just saw portrayed by hollywood but i want us to read it there because we're going to come back to a little bit of it it says meanwhile moses was shepherding <clears throat> Excuse me. Meanwhile, Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire within a bush. As Moses looked, he saw that the bush was on fire, but yet was not consumed. So Moses thought, I must go over and look at this remarkable sight. 
why isn't the bush burning up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, he answered. Do not come closer, he said. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he continued, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people in Egypt and have heard them crying out because of their oppressors, and I know about their sufferings. I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them from the land to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the territory of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The Israelites cry for help has come to me, and I have also seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh so that you may lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses asked God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And he answered, I will certainly be with you, and this will be my sign to you that I have sent you. When you bring the people out of Egypt, you will all worship God at this mountain. Now I'm going to stop there. Because I think this conveys a message to you and I today. God was working through a plain guy here. At this point in Moses' life, he, he, yes, he had an incredible upbringing. Yes, he had an incredible education. Yes, some could say that he was a, 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 a adopted brother to the Pharaoh. There's all kinds of things you could put into Moses' life. But at this moment in time, he was in the desert. He was out amongst the desert and, and, and had resigned himself just to being a shepherd. Folks, I would tell you this morning that God is still in the business of using those plain people that are out in the desert. God is still in the business of taking those people and, and crying out to them and utilizing them to do an awesome work today in his ministry. What we need to do is make ourselves available to him. We get so caught up in everything around us that I'm afraid that oftentimes the burning bush is there and we don't see it. What would have happened if, if God would not have sought out Moses? Would, God, would Moses have ever left the desert? Would he have ever uh, uh, led the Israelites out of Egypt? Would he have ever even climbed the mountain if God had not called out to him? But he did. And folks, I would submit to you this morning that God is calling out to each one of us in our own unique and individual way. He has purposed a purpose for each one of our lives. The thing is, are we listening? Are we looking? What is keeping us in our desert? Moses was in that desert, but Moses made a choice to turn from the desert and climb that mountain. He made a choice to seek out what he did not understand with God. He chose to turn away from the desert, climb that mountain, and look into the eyes of God. Folks, we need to do the same thing. We need to make a decision. And, and, and the message this morning, I want to look at just a couple of sparks, if you will, from this, message, from this passage of Scripture that maybe could ignite that fire in us again. Now, when I understand, when I am preaching a message, I'm not just speaking to you guys, I'm preaching to myself as well, that God has been speaking to me through the week. And there are times, even as a pastor, I will admit, there are times where I get t tend to get cynical. I'll be looking at other pastors. I'll be looking at other Christians. Or I'll be looking at this or that. And Satan moves his foot in and tends to try to throw a wet blanket and a, 
and a, and a water bucket onto the fire that God has burning inside of us. And sometimes I wish I could say it's not true, but it is. He accomplishes it. That wet blanket hits and, and all of a sudden it's kind of like, where is the spirituality? Maybe it is science. Maybe it is the, the world. Maybe where is all this stuff? But it's then that I need to stop and for sure, because that's my desert, turn back to the Lord and say, God, where are you? And you know what happens? If I will look up on that mountain, there's that burning bush. If I will take a decision and choose to turn and head toward that burning bush, all of a sudden the fire is burning again. The great thing is, if I make the right choices, the fire is going to continue to burn. God had a purpose for Moses. He purposed, He had something set out there for Moses. And it wasn't raising sheep. He said, Moses, I didn't build you to stay in the desert with a bunch of, of, of smelly, unappreciative, and stubborn sheep. I built you to go back and get my people and hang out in the desert with a bunch of smelly, unappreciative people. Which is true. God didn't purpose him to hang out with the sheep forever, but he allowed it to happen. He allowed him to go into that desert. He allowed him to mature. He allowed him to learn and understand. And he allowed him to be able to make the decision to turn and choose him. And in so doing, he was able to then go and carry out the purpose. We've, we've read the book. We've seen the movie. We, we may not know all the details of the life of Moses and the, 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 Egyptian, uh, the Israelites escaping Egyptian rule, But we know that Moses led his people out into the desert. We know that Moses accomplished some great and incredible things. Not with the sheep, the four-legged ones, but with those two-legged ones. With the ones that God incredibly purposed him to go out there to do. God built Moses to go into Pharaoh's palace, the enemy's command post, if you will. He built him so that he could go in and say, set my people free. He built him to go in and take the captive children of God, the Israelites, and set them free. Moses now, he's saying, who am I, Lord, to be able to do such a thing? And God says, because you turned, because you're looking into my fire, because you're looking at who I am, I will teach thee. Folks, I would submit to you this morning that God has a purpose and great things in store for every one of us as well. It's not just the preachers. It's not just the deacons. It's not just sister so-and-so who is so saint-like or or brother so-and-so that upholds the laws so well. Every single one of us has been given a purpose in our lives. Every one of us, even those who are lost, God has a purpose. They just need to find him first. And those of us that have found him, it's not about just coming to church on Sunday morning. We should be, even if we're in the desert thinking there's nothing that I can do, how can God use me? We should be seeking out that burning bush, that purpose of God, and saying, Father, here I am. Our purpose is the same as Moses' purpose. Moses was told, told to go and set the captives free. You know what Jesus said in the book of John chapter 8? He said, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place within a family, but a son belongs to a family. So if the son has set you free, you are free indeed. Hallelujah. You know what that says? That if I know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I am no longer a slave to sin. I am a son of the family of God. And then he tells us in the Great Commission, Now go ye therefore and make disciples and baptize. I have been set free. I have been empowered. And if I will look to the purpose that God has called my life, it may be this group of people or that group of people or this one or that one, 
But if I will look to the purpose that God has sent me to, the cynicism that tends to come over so many Christians will be washed away. That The problems will may not be washed away, but I'll be able to see them for what they are. And all of a sudden, I understand that I am to go into a lost and dying world and go into the enemy's palace, into the enemy's stronghold, and tell the enemy that the, my, my God's people shall be set free. When we understand that to be set free by Jesus Christ is to be free indeed and share that message with others, that's when we're accomplishing the purpose that God has set out for us. Look at the verse 1 again. He said, Meanwhile, Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire within a bush. As Moses looked, he saw that the bush was on fire but was not consumed. And notice verse 3. So Moses thought, I must go over and look at this remarkable sight. I must go over and look. Here's the big question, guys, that that God kind of hit me with this week. Was Moses seeking God or was God seeking Moses? God came looking for Moses before Moses went looking for God. God came looking for Moses. Moses had to turn. From, from what, it, what he was doing to go see what God was about. But God made himself apparent. God was seeking out Moses. The thing is that Moses had to make a decision. He said, I am going to turn from what I'm doing, and I am going to go up there, and I'm going to see what's going on. Folks, the scripture tells us that God is standing at the door, and he's knocking. He is seeking out every one of us. We know that God is seeking us. So if we know that God is seeking us, if we know that God is looking to us, if we know that God is wanting to use us and has a purpose in our life, then what part of failing to see the burning bush isn't there? I would submit that it's the part where Moses said, I will turn from the desert and climb that mountain. I will turn from what I'm doing to see what God would have me to do. We need to understand that God is looking and we need to make a choice. God is still seeking his chosen people to go over and see. I think Charlton Heston presented it well. Hollywood got it right, but the scripture gets it even better. And he said, I will go over and see what his purpose is for them. He, I will go and look at this fire that burns but does not consume. Folks, God is still seeking out the chosen people to go and set the captives free. And you and I are the chosen ones. We have just let the fire go out. Well, pastor, I come to church on Sundays. I even come on Thursday nights. And, you know, I do this sometimes. And I do that. Okay, that's all fine and dandy and wonderful. And we do need to not forsake the assembling one with another. But I'm going to say that individually, God has that burning bush for you. I have experienced that burning bush. Now, have I physically seen a bush burn and not not be consumed? No, that's not what I'm talking about. But there have been great things that happen in my lives and other people's lives that I can step back and say, wow, that's God. In fact, Miss Peggy was sharing a testimony with me this morning. I was running around doing different things, and it felt made my it blessed me to hear her testimony because I could step back and say, "Wow, that's God. That's burning bushes." But I have to turn from what I'm wanting to do to see what God wants me to do. I need to turn away from what I believe my purpose is and turn to what God says my purpose is. We, if we want to ignite that fire in us again. We need to quit pursuing the same old, same old. 
and get out into the world and be about the purpose God has called us in. This is why I preached last Sunday as well, that we are to go and share Christ with others. Tell Christ with others. Well, pastor, I I wear the Christian t-shirts. I I do this, I do that. I know y'all are smelling the popcorn here, so let me, uh, since there's not enough for everybody, I'll sample it myself. Isn't that great? Pastor can do that. But trying to talk with popcorn in my mouth may not work. Who likes popcorn? Miss Carla? You'll eat it for me, Brian? Try the popcorn out. Your wife made it. It's got special seasoning. Well, wait a second. Wait a second. No, hold the popcorn a moment. Eat some more of it. Now, you say it's wonderful, but is there anything that could make it better? Okay. Wonderful. There you go. So he said cayenne pepper, sea salt, olive oil, and garlic. But it's still popcorn, right? Smells good. Tastes like popcorn. Have you ever noticed how many of us go out into the world? And we're Christians. We wear the Christian shirts. But we're not seeming to make the difference in the world. However... If we would seek out the purpose of God, what did Jesus say? I send you out into the world so that you may be salt unto the world. I send you into the world so that you may be light unto the world. Go out there and be light. Shine before men so that they may see your good deeds and praise your God in heaven. Folks, here's the problem, I think. We we, we settle. Yeah, You can let the boys have it now, but know that they probably will throw it at each other. However, but understand this, guys. We go out and we are Christians. We look like Christians. Maybe we put on the facade. We wear the right shirts. But it's not making a difference. Why? Because we're not that salt. We're not that light that God has called us to be. When we seek out our purpose for God, when we truly seek out, Lord, what would you have me to do for you? It's more than just going to church on Sunday. Lord, what would you have me to say to my coworkers, to my family? Lord, what is my purpose? That it is then that you become the salt. You are a Christian, but how much more appealing is Christ going to be to others when they see the salt of Christ in your life, when they see the cayenne pepper, when they see the hot sauce or or salt or whatever it is, when they see the sweetness of God in your life, it's going to make that Christianity just that much more better. They may see Christ around them. They may hear about it, but it's the sweet taste of Jesus that they need. They need to see that you have had that fire moment, that you've seen that burning bush. They need to see in your testimony that you are more than just one who wears a Christian shirt, that you had that moment up on the top of the mountain where you saw the bush that burned but was not consumed, that you had fire within you again, that you were willing and able to go. And, they may, and it may not take a, a preacher. It may not take a sermon. They just need to hear your testimony. You know, I, I hope Miss Peggy don't mind me picking on her this morning. But just seeing her sweet smile as she shared a testimony, I could feel and sense and see the presence of God. Why? Because of who I am? No, but because of who he is. And she chose to give him credit. She gave him glory, and I saw it through her. When we give God glory, when we seek out that burning bush, when we are seeking out our purpose in the presence of God... The world's going to see it. It's going to be the salt on the popcorn. Popcorn's popcorn. But how much better is it when you add all the things that you like on there? Christians are Christians, but how much better is it going to be to the world 
when they see the flavoring of Jesus amongst it. When we go into the world, it should be more than just popcorn. We should be more than just Christians. We should be looking for our purpose in God. Now let me say this. Not only did he have a purpose, but we have a place as well. Look at the the scriptures again. Verse 4. He said, when the Lord saw that he had gone to look, excuse me, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called out to him from the bushes, Moses, Moses, here I am, he answered. Do not come closer, he said. Take off your sandals of your feet, for the place which you are standing is holy ground. Moses started down in the desert. He was walking around in the desert doing what he needed to do, but he needed to go up the mountain. He, went, he goes up the mountain, and, and, and as he climbs that mountain, and he gets up to the top of that mountain, he realizes this isn't just a physical location. This is a spiritual location. Folks, let me say this morning, you may not be in a physical desert. In fact, we have water on the ground. There's water standing in places. But spiritually, we may find ourselves in a desert. Now, as I said earlier, Moses had an incredible upbringing. But he's out in the desert at this point because his soul was in a desert. There was guilt. There was guilt about slaying the Egyptian. There was guilt about not freeing his people. There was so much guilt he was ridden with. He runs out into the desert. He's hiding out in the desert. How many of us hide out in that desert? How many of us go to whatever our little hole is in our our spirituality and we hide there? How many of us have have said, Lord, I believe I'm made to be somebody. And then we go out and we we do something and it fails or it's fouled up or it's a little less than what we expected. And we get disheartened and we we, we get depressed. And all of a sudden we find ourselves in our desert. Why should I try bigger things? Why should I try grander things? Why should I try to climb that mountain? That desert is where God met Moses. Folks, and I'm submitting this to you this morning. That desert you may find yourself in, that desert of cynicism, that desert of repetition, that vain repetition that tends to happen in so many churches and in so many church lives, that that desert that you're finding yourself in, that's where God called out to Moses. And he's calling out to you as well. And he wants to take you up on the mountain. And the great thing is that when you get up on the mountain, he's going to stop you and he's going to say, look where you're at. Look where you're at now. Uh, There's one thing for sure, guys. You can't go where God wants you to go and stay right where you're at. You can't go where God wants you to go and keep doing the same old thing. But when you turn and you go up that mountain and you stand before the Lord, something's got to go. Now here, what what happens? Moses climbs the mountain. He stands before God in this burning bush and he sees this incredible, awesome thing. And all of a sudden the voice starts speaking to him. He knows he's in the presence of God. He gets on his knees in the video and I, I believe he does the same here. It says he falls down upon his face. He gets down and he's worshiping. But yet God says something has to go here, Moses. His shoes. Now what's up with that? You would say, well, what do the shoes have to do with anything? Now, Understand spiritually what may be transpiring. I, I heard a pastor one time say that the shoes represented the dirt and the crud and the, the sin that Moses had picked up along the way and dirt and crud and sin can't stand in the presence of God. Hallelujah. That he needed to, to admit and confess and, and repent of his sin. That's what the shoes represent. I think that's a, a great analogy. I think that is a great representation of what those shoes mean. But I'm going, to, I'm going to step out just a little bit further. Let me tell you what I felt as though God speaks to me that those shoes mean. 
He's standing there. He's climbed that mountain. He stands in the presence of God. And he's looking into the presence of God. And God says, take off those shoes. I believe that those shoes represented something that was fashioned by Moses. They were fashioned by the hands of a man. They were fashioned by himself. He was standing on holy ground in what he wanted to stand in. I believe that our place, first we need to find our purpose in God, but our place is to be barefoot and on holy ground. Now, when I say barefoot, I'm not actually talking physical shoes. God said, Moses, I want you to take off what you have made and stand upon what I have made. Hallelujah. Folks, if we would do that spiritually, he made holy ground for Moses and for you and for I. If we would take off our spiritual shoes, the things that we've put in the place of what we think is spiritual, when we take off our spirituality and stand upon not what we have made, what he has made, that's when life changes. That's when the fire burns again within us. God is not impressed with our accomplishments, guys. Praise God for Billy Graham and all the thousands of people he's led to the Lord. And I know God's going to commend him for those things. But you know what? Not one soul could have came to the Lord under Billy Graham's preaching if God had not so desired it. You may be the greatest lawyer, the greatest architect, the greatest physician, the greatest mechanic, whatever it may be. You may be able to argue with reason from both sides of an argument. But if it's made of man, it's not holy. God was telling Moses, take off your shoes. Take off what you have made and stand upon what I have made. Think about it. Physically, if you are wearing shoes, let's talk about myself. What, what happens when I wear shoes? I pretty much walk without fear. I'm not worried about stubbing my toe any longer. I'm not worried about stepping on a piece of glass. I'm not worried about stepping on stickers. I'm not worried about stepping on scorpions anymore. I pretty much walk wherever I want to walk when I have shoes on. But what happens when I take my shoes off? Now, some of y'all may have some really tough feet, and I did at one time. But now when I take my shoes off, I pick my paths pretty correctly. I, I try not to step where the stickers are. I try not to step where I think the scorpions might be abounding. I try to watch where I walk. Now, what happens when I do that spiritually? When I take off those spiritual shoes that I have made and walk barefoot on holy ground, maybe when somebody upsets me and I get angry, I'm not going to want to stub my toe. I'm going to think a little more clearly and speak a little more slowly. If I'm walking the way that, that, that God would have me to walk spiritually, I don't have what I'm on, want one to wear, I'm going to walk and I'm going to pay a little more attention what it is I'm reading or what it is I'm watching. If I'm walking through the life spiritually without man-made shoes on my spirit, but walking in with God, I'm going to be more careful about where I'm stepping and how I'm stepping and what I'm stepping on. A believer who learns to walk with God and come into his presence daily is going to take off his shoes before God. His spiritual shoes. Now, I'm all for the physical ones as well. I'm saying those spiritual shoes. I'm going to stand on a holy ground, seeking what is my purpose. Moses was a, a plain guy out in the desert, but yet God chose to use him in a mighty, mighty way. And folks, he's doing the same today. God wants to use plain people like you and I. It's not about having a great education. It's not about having great oratory skills. 
It's about just seeking out that burning bush in our lives. It's about turning from what we were doing and looking to where he is and choosing to say, I want to go and see and become an awesome part of the work of, the, of, of Christ, of spreading his ministry. You may be here this morning and you feel as though that fire has gone out. The two sparks that I think would ignite that fire is to stop and seek his purpose. What does God want you to do? How can you be salt and light back into the world? You say, I'm saved, I'm a Christian. Praise God. The popcorn popped and it's popcorn. But how much better is it with the salt and everything else that goes with it? How much better are you going to be as a Christian when you stood in the presence of God and walk away from that fire with the Shekinah glory shining from you that when, when, when they looked at him walking down the path, she immediately said, what? He has been in the presence of God. You can see it about his face. You can see it about his hair. Look, his sandals are gone. He is not walking on his own any longer. He is the man of God. When we have the salt and the light of Christ within our testimony, people are going to say, man, there is something different. When we know our place is, is being barefoot and upon holy ground, there's going to be something in our testimony. We need to make ourselves available to Christ. I know what cynicism is. I've lived with it. I've lived with people who've had it, seen it. I, I understand it's easy to allow that, that, that sin of cynicism to grab a hold of our hearts. But let me tell you, that's Satan. Elijah said, God, just go ahead and strike me down. And God said, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's still over 5,000 at the bottom of the mountain that haven't bowed a knee to Baal. You think you're all alone. But no. But no. Just come to me. And through that still, small voice, he heard the words of God. Folks, this morning, you may say, well, I'll be the only one seeking out that bush. Be that only one. You can do whatever you want, fulfill your own purpose, and live life like it's under your own control. Or you can choose to say, God, I want your purpose in my life. God, I want your plan to manifest itself. God, I want to go and see. I want to climb that mountain. Did you notice in the video, I, I, I think it was pretty good as he was climbing that mountain, there was one time he stumbled and the rocks fell and he could have plunged to his death. Now, I don't see that in the scripture that that happened, but what a good thing, because when we're climbing that mountain, you're going to stumble sometimes maybe. The rocks may feel like they're falling out from under you. But in that movie, Moses went on to where he needed to be, to that burning bush, and there was God. There may be times we stumble a little bit. But you know what? We can keep going. We can run through life with no regard as to growing as a, as a believer. You've said the prayer. You've been forgiven. Do anything you want and you think you can want to do. You may think that's true, but folks, it's not. God has designed each one of us with a purpose. We are built to walk upon holy ground. Spiritually shoeless. God says, take your shoes off and stay a while. The question would be this morning, what's keeping you in your desert? What's keeping us in our desert? You know, Leonardo da Vinci, he was a master of many different things, but many people know him as a master painter. And I think everyone has heard of the Mona Lisa, even if they are not art people. I think everyone's heard of the Mona Lisa. Millions of people have viewed the masterpiece, the Mona Lisa, 
But, you know, very few actually realize that that was his fourth attempt at that painting. Through x-ray technology, they can see there's three other renditions, three different versions of, this, of the same subject before you get to that final portrait. You know what that tells me? That here was a man that was determined to not stop till he got it right. Till he got it to where he felt like it was supposed to be. And look at the people over the many of years that still look at this painting. Moses was 80 years old when he stood before that burning bush. 80 years old. He could have quit. He could have laid back. He could have said, let the young people do it. He could have looked up and saw that burning bush and said, wow, that's a high mountain up there. Hey, you, young man, climb that mountain. Go tell me what that is. But he chose to do it himself. He chose to seek out his purpose. He chose to find out what is that burning bush. And folks, I would say to you this morning that you can do the same. It may be hard. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Whatever the pathway is that God has laid out for you to find your purpose may have some hurdles that seem too high to surmount. But what did God say to Moses? Moses said, who am I to tell these people to set set them free? He said, I will teach you what to say. You want that fire again in your life? You want that burning bush moment that you hear people talk about in their testimony? I'm not, I hope that I don't sound arrogant up here when I say that. I've seen those burning bush moments. So that has nothing to do with me. I just praise God he's allowed me to be a part of his ministry to see them. It's all a matter of if you choose to see it or not. If you choose, he's calling you as his chosen. Moses said, I choose to go and see. So the choice is yours. This morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's the first choice you have to make. You need to choose to go and see who he is. If you do know Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning, praise God for you. But maybe you're sitting in that realm of cynicism. You've let the fire go out. Satan has used somebody in the church or in the world or politics or whatever just to make you feel like it's all lost cause. What did Moses say when he got before the Lord? God, I have, your, I have a personal audience with you. He didn't say, give me money. He didn't say, give me health. He said, God, what about your people that are screaming out there in the wilderness, crying out unto you? What about them? And God gave his answer. When we truly go before the Lord, you know what's going to happen? You may know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, praise God. But you know what you need to do now? Maybe not pray so much for yourself, but the absence of self. I must decrease so that he may increase. And as he increases, God, what about your people? Those that are crying out, locked in bondage to sin. He'll say, I have set you free, and you free indeed you are. Now go ye, you, to the people I send you, so that you can tell the enemy that my people go. You can do that, guys. It's not just the preacher. I'm nothing. Talk to my wife. She can tell you all kinds of bad faults. But my God has none. And when I stand in his presence and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? To this day, I've been preaching here for 14, over 14 years. 
I still wonder how in the world God can use me as a preacher. And maybe you're saying he can't. But you know what? I just do what he tells me to do. And every week, somehow, he gives me a message to share. I can't tell you. Some days it's Saturday before I even know what I'm supposed to preach on. Now, I'm sweating it at that point. But then you know what? It just comes so clear. And I sit back and say, thank you, Jesus. Where are you this morning? Can you say thank you, Jesus, today? Will you say thank you, Jesus? Will you turn from what you've been doing and look to him for that purpose? It's your decision. Now, if you want to take your shoes off in here, that's fine, but that's not what I'm telling you to do. But if you'll take your spiritual shoes off and stand before God, be amazed what you might find. Just like this popcorn, popcorn. How much better when it's seasoned. You may be a Christian. Let's let the salt and the light shine out into the world so that that glory, that light, will bring glory to our Heavenly Father. Let's all stand. I want to lead us in a word of prayer. If God's speaking to you this morning, you've never accepted Christ, you can pray right where you're at. You can come down to this altar. I'll pray with you. But if you need to accept Jesus Christ this morning, please, please, don't walk out of here until you do so. If you know Christ today, then the next question I would ask you is, can the world see the salt and the light in your life? Have you sought out? You may say, well, I'm too old now. Nope. Moses was 80 and climbed the mountain. You could do the same. You could do the same. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I come before you right now and I praise your holy name and ask in the name of Jesus that you will this day move upon your people and within your people so that your will shall be done and your name be made manifest amongst the nations. God, I pray in the holy name of Jesus Christ that you will move and touch these people and have them seek out who you are. Father, may thy will be done. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. As we sing this morning, if God is working with you and working on you, please, 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 allow him to move. Allow him to push you into that position that he wants you to be. You may say, well, how can I do this? God's going to say, let me teach you. Let me teach you. As we sing this morning,